0: Her group of friends was a lot like the TV show Friends. And then the Joey of the group got saved. I'm Allie Domersant. This is a snapshot testimony from Tanya, a Moody Radio listener from the Chicago area. She recalls the moment she realized her lifelong friend was not the same person anymore. No longer the try anything, always up for a good time party guy. Everything about him was different. And she knew what he had was exactly what she needed too. we literally had the house that everybody went to Uh, it was during uh high school and college and so every time we finished school we'd always meet there after school the summer was just like that's the home we would go to (laughs) and i had you know my friend was like chandler he was the funny one and then his girlfriend was the one that you know needed to tidy up and always needed to have this and this and that the monica yeah, Monica. Yeah, and then then my best friend was I always compare her to um, Rachel, right? Uh-huh. And but then there was Phoebe, which I very identified with, and um, Danny was my was literally my Joey. That was how I explained our relationship. Okay, um, we were very tight knit because we would be on the phone for like ten hours and then fall asleep. And then my mom, and that was back in the day when, uh, literally you had to pay for every minute that you were mm-hmm. on the phone. And so my mom's like, why is my bill so high? I'm like, uh, sorry, <laughs> fell asleep again. And so that was our relationship. We would constantly be on the phone. He, we were all party animals, if I can say it that way. Mm-hmm. We had um, the typical teenage life where we were finding ourselves with the partying and the drugs and, and the dancing and the recklessness, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Danny was that individual that would introduce us to all the different things. Here's, listen to this song or here's this new drug, et cetera. Yeah. And so when he ended up going to jail, uh, he was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. And so when he disappeared, which he did often, uh, we were like, where is he? Where is he? And all of a sudden we found out, oh, he's in Michigan. Why is he in Michigan? Well, he's serving some time. Um, And we realized like, okay, this has shifted. I would always, uh, we'd always come together and say, okay, we got to go visit him. We have to encourage him. We have to make sure that he's okay. When we were on our way to Michigan to go and visit him, he was in jail and he had a few more years left. Uh, I was in the car. And we're all like, okay, we're going to make sure to smile. Don't be sad if he looks like he's skinnier than usual, if he yeah. looks different or if there's anything with him that might indicate that he's depressed. Let's just smile and let's just be energetic mm-hmm. and let's just give him a lot of love. So take me back to that. You 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 go through all of the steps and you get in there. Take me there. And you see him and, and, and what? I remember it being like an auditorium, those seats that go up, those old-fashioned uh, wooden seats that you have to sit on so they can go down. Yes. And so I remember just sitting on it and just wanting to stand up because i was so anxious i was my my body was moving at a thousand miles a minute and my heart was racing and i'm like oh goodness what do i do what do i say and i was just so nervous and the minute he walked in there was this radi- there was this glow around him that i stopped and i i don't i don't know about anybody else but my mouth was open i felt cartoonish i felt like my mouth opened extra wide and mm. my eyes were bu- bu- like jumped out of my head yeah and i looked at him and mind you he was that rugged 80s, um, new waver with the long black hair, gorgeous man. And, you know, just had that persona. Like when he walked, you knew that he had this way about him. I was expecting that when I when he walked in, his hair was short. He didn't wear his earring. And he didn't have that little side smile that was his character. He had this full-blown smile that I've never remembered seeing him have. And when I saw him, I said, oh my gosh, it's like, a, like there's a light around him. Wow. And so he sat down. We were able to greet him very briefly. We couldn't touch him very much. I switched places with my friend, sat right next to him, looked him right in the eye, and I I just felt like he can read through me or see through me. I looked at him and I said to him, wow, I thought I was here to visit you and make you feel better, but instead, why do I feel like I'm in jail and you're visiting me? And he just smiled ear to ear as if I gave him the perfect door so that he can speak to me. And he said, that is because you are in jail. And I just popped my head like, what? And then from there, he said, Tanya, we we lived a rugged life and I know you. And without God, we're all imprisoned. We're wow. imprisoned by our flesh. We're imprisoned by ourselves. And he just went on and on and on. And there were so many things that he said. And I just felt like, wow, this is this is the greatest meeting I've ever had. Hmm. Um, first time I ever visited anybody in jail. And I said, this is not what I expected. <laughs> and so from there, I remember the whole conversation back in the car. Uh, we drove pretty far. I was like, I want to say four to five hours away. We were in the car and at first it was very silent. And then all of a sudden somebody broke the ice and then, all I remember about the conversation was we're like, wow, Danny's really changed. Yeah. And the first response was his hair. Because <laughs> he had cut it so short. Uh-huh. And I'm like, you guys are talking about his hair, and I'm thinking about his heart. Like, what just happened? And then that's what provoked our conversation. And from there, I wish I can say it was a fairy tale. I went to church, gave my life to the Lord, and and a story, but it wasn't. It was it was a, a journey. It was like the beginning of my journey to find yeah who God is really. So my journey began as if, okay, God, who are you? Because I've always thought you were this this image on a cross and you were this image with a stick in your hand and you were ready to kind of beat me up every time I did something wrong. Uh, But when Danny talks about you, he talks about you like you're his best friend. And can I have that too? Literally, I just woke up every day and said, I just want to be, like him, I want to have peace. I don't want to feel like I'm in jail. From there, is as if he guided me. Like, all of a sudden, I wanted a Bible. Um, I got a Bible. All of a sudden, the door opened up, and I went to some churches. When would you say you gave your heart to the Lord? Like, when do you think you became a genuine follower of Oh, I of Jesus? have a perfect date for that. Um, I gave my heart to the Lord on my 25th birthday on September 1st, 1996, Um I walked into a church that I had visited before, and it was the first church where I felt at home. Mm. I walked into that church. I don't know what the pastor spoke about. I don't even remember singing. All I remember is that I sat there in the chair, and I just kept saying in my heart, Lord, I can't wait till they say, come to the front and give your life to the Lord, because that's what I want to do. And so um, I went when the pastor spoke and said, is there anybody here? that wants to give their life to the Lord, I jumped up like a little jack in the box. (laughs) I walked up to the, the, um, you know, I walked up to where uh, the altar was and I just raised my hand and the pastor who became my father-in-law later, uh, the pastor just said, why are you raising your hand? I said, because I'm so excited. I'm going to give my life to the Lord today. And he said, wow, that's great. And then he said to me, do you realize that today your name is added to the book of life? You're reborn. Mm -hmm. And I just said, "Wow, today's my 25th birthday." He says, "Well, today's your spiritual birthday. Wow. You're reborn." And I told him, "That's great. So you mean that when I'm 50, I can say I'm 25?" And he said, "Sure." <laughs> and I just had my 20 my 50th birthday on September 1st. Oh, uh, wow! Last year, so I remember calling my father in law and saying, "Hey, I'm 25 today." <laughs> so, um, and then it just kind of began from there, and. When Danny came out, we became we BFFs again. And he, even during while he was in there, he would write letters, things like, forgive me if I've ever hurt you. And I'm like, what? And it was just, and then I would write back saying to him, you inspired all this. I started to write poetry about God. I started to write uh, stories about God, songs about God. And so it was just this inspiration. And it just became this journey until the Lord took him. Wow. Did you get to share that with Danny before he passed? I did. I remember like, I became a youth pastor. And I go, I'm having a special service with my youth. And so I go, I'd love for you to be there. And so I said, I just want you to know, Danny, can you stand up? And he stood up and I go, this is made possible by that man right there. And he just looked at me and I said, do you remember the story and how I went because I shared the story with the kids many times, and Danny just sat there and he had tears in his eye. And I said, Danny, I want to publicly say to you, thank you for just being a light in my darkness when I thought I was supposed to be a light in yours. Wow. And from that point on, he would always call me, and whenever he was writing a new song, he would leave it on my voicemail. And so that's how we just we we said we were partners. In crime, and now we're partners in victory. And um, he was just, he would come and visit me with the kids very often. And he was always like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, this is part of my legacy too. So let me come and visit and help you. And so he was able to see what Mm. his love for the Lord out loud did for me and for others. Wow. Oh, so losing him must have been. Uh, obviously you rejoice that he's gone on to his reward, but man, what a loss for you in terms of just, man, that friendship. It was, um, it was very difficult. It was one of those, as they say, bittersweet, because for me, it broke my heart because there was so many plans that we had made, like, oh, we're going to do a worship service with the youth, or we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And I was just so excited. I would pray for him. I'm like, I can't wait till you're married. I can't wait till you have a family. He was praying that, you know, that I would have a family soon. And so we were always very excited to see what the future had for us. And the joke was, we're all going to be in the same, my friends, I would tell them, we're all going to be in the same retirement home and we're going to live like we did in our youthful years all together. And we joked about how we would grow old together and how we would look. And, And so I know that those dreams didn't come true, but um, as I was able, I was blessed to um, partake and and, and um, lead his, his eulogy and his service. I said, well, one day we'll see each other in eternity. And that's when our real friends' dream will, will begin because mm. we'll all be together for eternity. Snapshot Testimony is a Moody Radio podcast and short feature. If you enjoyed today's episode, would you be willing to leave a review? Your feedback really helps us reach more listeners. I'm your host, Allie Domersant. Together, we're sharing the moments that shape our faith in Christ.